0: In today's podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking with Matias Letelier. He is a Chilean-American magician. Now, he has had over 22 years of magic experience. He actually calls himself an illusionist and a mentalist rather than just a magician. And I use that word, just a magician, lightly because I don't really know anything about magic, illusions, or mentalism. So he's going to go through talking about what the differences are between those three categories and really get into the history including wizardry and things like that. We also dive into how he's changed from being live on stage to doing things virtually because of the situation that we're currently in. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Now as always thank you for your support and thank you for listening. So let's go ahead and jump right in and have a conversation with. Matthias Letelier. Thanks for joining me today, Matthias. And for everybody out there watching and listening, what we're going to be talking about today is magic. Wait a second. Let me correct that. We have a gentleman here who is not a magician. He is an illusionist and a mentalist. Matthias, welcome and thank you for joining me today.
1: Hey, Chuck. Thank you for inviting me. This is great.
0: Absolutely. So like I said in the beginning, not a magician, you are a mentalist and an illusionist, correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: So what is the difference? Can you give us a little bit of a background about yourself and then maybe tell us what the difference is really between a magician and an illusionist? Before Mateus gets into giving an explanation between the differences, of magicians illusionists and mentalists i just want to take this time to say thank you very much for listening thank you for listening to this podcast and all my other podcasts and thank you for your support and please remember to share like and comment on all my podcasts so matthias is going to get into like i said talking about the differences between a magician an illusionist and a mentalist he's going to get into talking about wizardry Um, showmanship and things like that so sit back and enjoy the explanation and i'll come back and talk to you folks in just a little bit
1: yeah so it's (laughs) it's a really fun conversation so basically we have to go back to the ancient times uh there was there was a point in time there's actually a a book called the um the book of uh, witchcraft uh and in the, when was that book in like 15, I can't remember the, the date exactly, but anyway. So um, there, there is a, a whole misconception of what magic is and what magic is not. And there, is, uh, there are like two different lines I would like to say. One is what I call the, the wizardry, where we have like the, the white magicians and the black magicians or white magic versus black magic. But that one has, uh, it's all about the, um, the, the spirituality and the connection with God and divinities and that, that is like on one side. Then, then you had um, on the other side, the so-called magicians or, or uh, illusionists, which they, they saw this and they, they tried to figure, figure it out, ways of replicating exactly what they were doing. And so they created the illusion of reading someone's mind, the illusion that they were able to move objects with the mind, the illusion that they were able to communicate with the other world. So and after that it developed into a form of entertainment, kind of like like creating like a parody, parody of this. However, there is um there is a thin, a thin line between both, but basically think about it this way. While these uh, wizards, uh, they are they are looking for uh, th- their their main goal is to achieve like enlightenment or like a, a self development. Uh, they are they are completely out of the entertainment world. They don't care about fame. They don't care about uh, being entertaining. All that they care is like help individuals seek a deep uh, uh, spiritual path. But this other uh, group right here, the illusionists what they are doing is that they are doing pure entertainment. Mm-hmm. And, and from time to time, you will have some magicians that will try to pretend that they are part of this group. and But guess what? Then we have the spectator that, that is looking at this and they don't know the difference. So for them, they're all in the same bag. So um, in in my personal experience, uh This part right here is what I do with my private life. Um, I'm a religious person and and this is like very sacred to me. But this is my, the the second group is my profession, which is the entertainment. So I try to separate them as much as possible uh, so that way people don't get confused. Otherwise, I could just go to a church, make some gold appear and pretend that God sent that to me. And that wouldn't be okay, right? (laughs) So, um, and unfortunately, some people have done that in the past. (laughs) Um, So, for me, it's like the my art is more, or or what I do as as an illusionist is create this illusion uh, that brings that makes you experience wonder for a little bit, but just is pure entertainment. Um, And that's why I try to separate myself from these magicians and call myself illusionist and mentalist
0: okay okay so there's really a, a an entire backstory behind or history behind illusions magic magicians so it, like you're trying to say that this book was back from the 1500s so really old
1: yeah i will have to check i think it's the the history of witchcraft the it's a very very old book but it's the book that, that tries to separate magic as uh as entertainment from from the other the other side, I'm I'm against that book, by the way.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'll mention this very, very, very uh, uh, briefly. But I'm I'm writing a book, uh, and the book is about like is magic uh, uh, killing wizardry or or is magic uh, against wizardry. It's basically. Uh, I talk about these three circles basically the first circle that I mentioned with with the actual wizards mm-hmm. the second circle or these were the the so-called alchemists in the past. the second circle are those who pretend to have this power but they don't and then the third circle is those who have no clue what's going on in in terms of like the magic and then you have the same three circles for the for the rest of the layman, as, as we call them in the magic world or the muggles. <laughs> uh, um, but it's a, it's a whole thing. But the idea, yeah, is it's, we have to separate things. Otherwise, people get confused and and something that is really for me is really beautiful can be distorted into something that is not.
0: Yeah. Uh, so how did you actually get started in, in in this? I don't know what to call it. I, I don't want how did you get started? As an illusion the was, there, was was yeah, was there something that triggered something in you at a young age, or maybe you weren't so young when you started this, and you you said, this is something wonderful, this is something that I want to to learn and master because I have seen you at work, and you some of those things that you do just incredible
1: yeah it's a lot of fun <laughs> so it started when i was um i would say like when, when I was a kid I had um uh, I started collecting these mind-twisting games, you know, like the two nails that you need to separate, or the the cube that has different wooden pieces that you need to put together. Um, so it happened that in one summer we were at a at a, a, like beach location in in my country in Chile. Um, we used to go there every single summer, and then suddenly my I think it was my mom. She got this this little puzzle which was basically like a wired person and you need to like take it apart and then put it back of course without breaking it so it was like um you have to use a lot of uh a lot of the brains to be able to to find out the solution and no one was able to find the solution um and i was trying 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 and suddenly i was able to solve the puzzle so I went to my family and I'm like, hey, look at this. I sold the puzzle. And they're like, no, no, you broke it. And then I'm like, no, 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 I really sold it. And nobody believed me. And I'm like, no, I actually did. And anyway, so I went back to this place where they sold this. And then I got um, no, no, sorry. We went back to back to uh, my main city. Santiago and then the next summer we went back we used to go every summer to this place so we went back and I, I, I knew that I had to go get a new of these puzzles so I went to the store uh, it was like a handcraft fair or like uh, and, and I got a new puzzle and then every summer I will get a new puzzle and then I will it will take me like a little bit to solve them and and then I realized that there was a, one of those stores back in my main city <laughs> uh, and I'm like whoa! I don't have to go to all these places to get these puzzles. And so then that's, by then I was like, probably like around eight, nine, 10 years old. Uh, So, then I started collecting this, And then it was like, I was like around 14 years old where, when I learned my first uh, uh, card magic. And, And my aunt, she went to Egypt to a trip and then somebody showed her this trick and then she came back and she did the trick to me. And I was like, whoa, that was crazy. Can you teach me? And then she's like, no, no, no. And then she's like, okay, I'll teach it to you. I was like 14 years old. My eyes were popping up, uh, popping, I mean, popping out. And I learned. That's when I learned my first magic trick. But then, on the as a parallel story, one of my best friends in uh, in middle school, and we were yeah, we were in middle school. Uh, he started learning magic. But then he, uh, he, his, he was very good at uh, the sports, like uh, athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, because he couldn't rehearse magic and train, he ended up leaving magic. But then he sold all of his magic books and magic videos that we have VHS, uh, but then, VHS. Uh, uh, he sold that to another friend. And that friend, right now, is one of the top magicians in my country. Uh, so when he was learning, and I was also learning, I started looking at what he was doing, and then I would go back home and try to replicate, and then I discovered a few things, and then I start mixing up my tricks, and then that's how I started learning by the age of 14, 15. Um, of course, like I was years behind this other guy. Uh, and then it was back in college when um, the year 2004, so I was I was just uh, 20. And, um, my, my aunt, this one, the one that went to, to Egypt, uh, she married Jorge and, and Jorge was a magician, like an amateur magician, but extremely, extremely good. And and he was also a businessman and unfortunately he had an accident and he passed away. And then my aunt said, Hey, Matias, I know that you like magic. Why don't you take part of his magic library? And I'm like, wait, what? and then suddenly i'm like i inherited actually many of these books are belong to him many of them are mine but i mean i have gotten them on the after the years but there are many of those like uh for example this one this one is uh, a cartomagia from zero this is a a very very fun um book on card magic and that one belonged to my uncle so then I, I could see like where he was like, uh, what are the tricks that he liked? So I started learning all of the, the tricks that he liked and that's how like um, my level of magic like skyrocketed And then I was studying business and I'm like, well, if I merge business with magic, which is my passion, I turn my passion into my career. And who would have known that after that decision? I would be here talking to you about a successful career in magic illusionism.
0: <laughs> That's actually really incredible. So magic illusion has really been part of your entire life. Because like you said, you kind of started dabbling in it at the age of eight and then 14 and then in college and then you turned it into a business. That's pretty incredible. Um, can anybody do this? I mean, is it really true that there are tools of the trade and their mag- magic secrets, magician secrets that are not to be shared.
1: So let's put it this way. the and, and it's, it's a, I love this analogy. The The door to the magic world is closed, but it's not locked. So with, well, it means that anybody, yes, you can open that door and walk the, 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 the path. But it's very different to walk the path. Like it's like you you can't just say like, hey, I know how that trick is, is is done if you can actually do it. All that you know, all that you do is like you have like the idea of how it's done. But then go ahead and do the trick. It's it requires like some tricks require like a month of practice. Some one some some tricks might require like one uh, one day but there are there are many tricks that takes like a whole life in order to perfect them mm-hmm. so um so there is a, that's why what, what i say like there is there is a difference and of course there is there there are there there are tricks for amateur magicians and there are tricks for like advanced so an amateur magician won't be able to learn how to make an elephant appear in the stage or disappear that's uh, <laughs> that's something made. <laughs> or how to, like, uh, make the Statue of Liberty disappear, like David Copperfield. Um, um, but, of course, like, uh, or let me put the example of uh, David Copperfield's Statue of Liberty. So uh, that was on, on the on the 80s, I believe, uh, when he created the video. And, um, and then everybody was watching this. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is absolutely crazy. Uh, and that was a trick that I know how it's done, but I can't do it uh and i know well for many many re- reasons uh i know i, I also don't want to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't be you, you can't be like the second person who made the statue later to disappear it's like no uh and but but there are many like magic is kind of like a st- uh, it's like a baby you you born and then you start crawling then you start like standing up and like trembling and falling and standing up again. And once you stand up, you start learning how to walk. After you learn how to walk, you learn how to run. And after run, you can stand up on your hands, make flips, and then after that, the next step is like you can fly, <laughs> and that's when the when the illusion. But it's like I, it's like everything else. It's like you can't just go unless you're a genius. You can't skip like elementary, middle, and high school and go directly to the university. You need there is a process, and for that process, in magic, you it requires a lot of uh, patience, perseverance, and practice, mm. and and then you are able to start mastering how to to do all these crazy tricks.
0: So, during your professional career, has there ever been a, a situation or a time where you were doing one of your illusions and it didn't go quite the right way? Do you have any experiences of that to share?
1: This is like the classic question that everybody asks me. Um, so, let's put it this way. My clients right now, they pay me so I don't make those mistakes. <laughs> I do all the all the preparation and all the... Um, all the yeah I, I do a lot of preparation before the actual event so i don't have any mistakes however have a fun story there was a, a show this was back in 2012 i believe uh i was doing a trick and then i called this person on stage and it's basically uh he asked three uh, person in the audience to say something and then i had a prediction that is that it was supposed to be the same Uh, So let's say the first one I said, hey, think of an animal and the person say fish and then I remove this and it says fish (laughs) and then I said, uh, well, think of uh, 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 then the second one, maybe a color and they let's say that they they say orange and I put like red. So everybody's like, whoa, what, what the heck? And then the third one was like, I don't know, like a number and they say number 17 and I put number seven. So it was kind of like it was similar or i put like rose instead of like pink or or something that like was very similar but not exactly correct so then people were like oh, what's going on and then but the fun part is that at the end of that uh, of that prediction i wrote i wrote down this phrase that uh that was like um it was like a funny like saying but that saying was what the guy that I had on, on state used to say, and this guy was on IT and every time he made a mistake on working on IT, he would send an email with this phrase. So, so then I had him on state. Then I got the first one, right? The second one was very similar. And the third one was like, I don't know, like seven and 17, which I basically needed that one. But uh, then at the end I put this phrase. So then everybody thought, That because I had this guy, basically, we made a mistake on purpose and then we added his phrase. Everybody's (laughs) laughing like crazy and it's like, oh my God, that was hilarious. But then I'm like, inside of me, I'm like, should I just just made a mistake, an actual mistake? Uh, But because we had this guy on stage, it it was hilarious and everybody thought that it was part of the show. And then I was like, (laughs) woo.
0: In the end, it worked out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and then that—that that was a fun one. And then I remember. Uh, well, so it's very contraproducing to tell these stories because it's like it, it makes me look like I made a mistake. But I'll tell you another fun story as well. I'm doing this show. Everything is going absolutely amazing. Like all the, the tricks the people were like so in touch and, and clapping and laughing with me. And it was one of those shows that was absolutely like like perfect audience, perfect timing, perfect weather, perfect location. Everything was perfect. And then the last trick, uh, I, uh, something went wrong and the trick, um, I can't even remember what it was. Uh, I think it's like, I should, the trick must have ended with a nine of spades and I pull out a nine of hearts or something like that. And then I say something like, well, you know, it's a heart, but it's a red heart or something like that. And anyway, it, it, it's like everything was going up, up, up. It was just like the last trick and then it went down and I remember I felt terrible. And I'm like, I go backstage, and then my wife was with me, and she's like, What happened? I'm like, I don't I don't know. I like I couldn't understand what like uh what happened. And I remember uh I broke down and as I was leaving, everybody stand up and gave me a stand-up ovation. Uh, and and it was uh, it felt so good. And my clients were like, like who cares about the last trick? You were amazing, like, and <laughs> so it was one of those things that when when you connect so much with the audience, that the audience is willing to forgive you, forgive a little mistake because they see the big picture. And something that, that I remember it happened, and I actually it gets me the goosebump by telling the story. Uh, it was such a magical uh, moment for me because I, in my in, inside of me, I'm I'm troubling myself and I'm punishing myself like oh, how did I I, I miss the last trick? But then they are like, we don't care. You were like really fun and everybody loves you and it was it was really good after all.
0: We're just going to take a short 60 second break here and we'll be right back. This next part is an aha moment which can really pertain to anything and I mean anything. So just listen for it. And I think is pretty obvious. So I guess that must be the um, the hidden secret behind all this is really connecting with your audience. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my takeaway on this part is you need to connect with them because if you're not connecting with them, doesn't matter if the magic or the illusion is great. You just didn't connect. You missed. So um, that's a good takeaway for I think almost anything. Right? It's just uh, that human connection. Connect with your audience
1: uh you know there is a fun thing there are some performers that are not that great as a performer but they are really good at connecting with the audience and that's that is way better than a guy that is phenomenal like phenomenal phenomenal but can connect with the audience and that happened a lot in the in, in not only in the magic world but also you have like singers and other uh, artists that they just they can't connect with the audience and they are just not they don't succeed.
0: Mm. So, do you have a um I, maybe favorite? Might not be the correct word, but do you ha- is there an illusionist or magician out there, past or current that you try to use as a role model or follow or or admire or look up to or anything like that?
1: So um this book is La, the magic way from juan tamariz um and then the the next book of him is this one the the rainbow with the magic rainbow uh he's one of my favorite uh, my favorite authors along with ascanio they're from uh, from spain and, and juan tamariz what what basically what he says is that there is this magic way that i'm not sure if let me see if we can if we can bring it closer right here so the, basically there is this magic way that um where that people that you take people on a ride and 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 basically you as a spectator you let you put yourself um or you allow me to get into your your mind and take you on this journey that it goes all the way to this magic rainbow. the magic rainbow is is this expression of like where like all the happiness and all the wonder and all the ha ah, oh wow happens so if, to be able to get there basically you you have to fight with your um with your rational mind is your rational mind against your emotional mind why because it's the same like when you're watching a movie you don't care that the person dying is not dying in real life you know that it's an uh, uh it's acting or that they are like jumping from this thing or there's something that they are traveling out of space all of that is you know that is science fiction or, or the story that you're seeing is not real but during the movie you are looking at the movie with your emotional mind so you are like, oh, my gosh, you get in touch, you, you feel sensations and emotions. And we want you to, to have exactly the same in magic. And, and Tamaris is one person who have wrote a lot about it with many other magicians. But, but he, for me, is like someone that I look up to because he put it in, in such a beautiful way. And, and what we as magicians, we need to do, which is basically take you to this path. And don't let you get get to this uh to this other side, which is like the, where the mind wanders when the mind start like trying to find answers. Because we don't want you to to uh, to watch the magic with the rational mind. We want you to go through the emotion emotional mind, and that's when you get into this rainbow. And and the cool thing about it is that after you get to the rainbow, we have the the second bow, which is uh which is this one, the continuation. It's like how we can make that rainbow last longer and, and make it better, which is like basically how we can make your emotion uh, even higher and how we can make them last longer. Because it's kind of like, you know how like when you eat a food, a piece of food, and you're like, oh, this, this dish is the most amazing flavor. Uh, uh, the flavors are amazing. And then you're enjoying it. But once you finish the dish, it's like there is no more flavor. Uh, so what, what we want to do in magic is kind of like you have an eternal dish that never stops. And 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 he uses a, a very nice uh, metaphor, which is the comet, which is like the comet, you have like the really hot uh, fire and the, the rock full of fire and, and heat, and then you have the tail. So this one is the effect when you have see the magic, but the tail is like the everlasting memory. So the longer the tail the better the trick will be. And what we try to do is make that, that tale so long that you never forget about the trick. And so that's why I admire him and, and I use him as a reference because the way of thinking is something that has touched the way that I do my magic and has, how uh, say, shaped the, uh, the, the way that I think of magic and the way that I, I perform my tricks wow uh
0: so i guess my word to all the listeners and viewers out there is don't go to one of these shows and try to figure out what they're doing in let yourself go and just enjoy what is happening in front of you so that sounds like it's it's the key to really enjoy uh the presentation what's being what's being given
1: Uh, uh if you go like if you if you go with the mentality of like i'm gonna try to solve how everything is done you might get one piece, two pieces, maybe, maybe nothing, but you're not going to let yourself enjoy. And and even if you're paying like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks for a show, why would you go with the mentality of like not enjoying that? Um, and, and then again, it's like, if you want to learn how it's done, hey, go and uh, and open the door and walk the, the path. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, it's like, it's like all the arts are are meant to be enjoyed through with the emotional mind they are they they are aiming to a higher emotion not to a a, a rational um uh, mind if like if you are like an art critic then yeah then you might enjoy with an a, a rational mind of how how he painted this or how she painted this how this this technique was applied but that is for those who study that for mm-hmm. everyone else it's like it's like, like, um, yeah, there, you, will, you won't you have like a, the experience that we are trying to create for you. I mean, we put hours and hours, thousands of hours, so you can have that magic moment. So, so for me, it's like I want people to relax and, 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 and don't think that this is like a win-lose game where I win if I fool you. For me, that's not what magic is. For me, magic is like we win together when we experience together this uh, this wonder that is uh, the magic.
0: I wanted to change gears a little bit and ask Mateus if the pandemic has forced him to change the way he does his magic or his illusions, especially now that he's having to do things virtually. So with that being said, uh, how during this time that we're in right now with the pandemic, there's social distancing and everything and has it really changed your course of business and how you do things? Because I don't imagine that you're going to uh, corporate parties uh different functions, and I don't imagine that you're working on stage. So, are you having to do a lot of this virtually, and how's that working?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, I'm. Uh, what, what is the day? Uh, uh, March nine, uh, on March uh, ten, March 11th last year. That's when my show uh, closed. That went to dark. Um, and then everything shut down. Broadway shut down. Everything, and and then uh, it started as a joke. Like one friend asked me, "Hey, Matthias, do you have? Uh, you should do virtual shows." My wife was like, "Matthias, you should definitely do uh, like a virtual show." And I'm like, "But I don't even know how." And then a client called me, and she she's like, "Hey, Matthias, that conference that we were gonna do, they are not doing it anymore." Uh, but they are considering doing something virtually. Do you have a virtual show? And I'm like, ooh, I don't, but give me a few days and I'm going to try to come up with something. So then that started a whole journey on doing virtual shows. And, and then I realized that, well, there, this is going to be huge, especially well, my wife was a professor at Columbia and then all of her classes were transitioned to online classes. So I'm like, okay, this is going to stay for a while. Uh, um, and then, it I have to reshape and re uh, rethink everything that I was doing because it's very different when you're doing a show with a live audience that can respond, can answer, that they uh, they are there with you, and then you are like doing something with a screen, pretending that there is an audience looking at you, listening to you, interacting with you so and for example right now i'm looking straight to the camera but but then and i'm thinking about like that's like all the viewers are right there so for me it's like i have to like uh do like these hacks in order to help me create the sensation that i'm on a stage and at the same time that my audience is watching everything with me so like going back into what i started on march and what i have right now is like i have like a whole virtual studio with like like i think five or six cameras uh seven screens uh like th- three different stages. so this is like one of those stages uh and then i i put like a screen behind the camera so i can look at the audience while i'm looking at the camera so there are many ways that allows me to to feel that i'm on a a live show and then in the main stage I have a whole screen behind me where people can see themselves and it's kind of like it creates like the idea of a live audience and then in the tricks I came up with ways of um of interacting with the audience in this one-on-one and then or, or everybody participating to make sure that we break this world this this screen the digital screen And then it makes people feel that they are with me watching not just a show on TV, but a live show where they can interact. And that was a whole process, a whole change of mentality, uh, a whole change of trying different things and trying um, and come up with different tricks and see what works, what didn't work, how we can improve this and how we can make this experience even better. It was a, a completely... And that is just on the on the side of the of the show. then you have to add all the technology. It's like, well, you need a good camera, you need like good lights, you need a good uh, sound system. and then it's like you need to uh, make sure that the sound is synchronized with the, uh, with the video. And there are so many more elements that I had no clue and that I had to teach myself in a very very, very fast. Um, so it, it was a whole roller coaster, and uh, but I'm happy right now that with everything that I learn, uh, all the new technology, all the technology that is available for us, uh, and the fact that I can right now do a show where I can travel everywhere around the world is something that you couldn't think about uh, two years ago. Obviously. Yeah,
0: I, I think you're you're absolutely right about that. Um, there is some magic or trickery, or, or there, there's just a lot of technology and knowledge that goes into making a show. And I I cannot imagine having to recreate what you've done live on stage in front of an audience, and then you have to bring it into where all you have is you have your cameras. And, you know, earlier we talked about connecting with the audience, and you had mentioned just now, too, where you're looking directly into the camera. And I think oftentimes it feels weird. You're you're looking at the camera lens, but you're going – you know, I have to pretend that there there's an audience in that lens. So, But it sounds like it's become uh, quite successful for you. And like you said, you're now able to travel anywhere in the world at any given time. So um, how, how would a company, how would somebody get a hold of you? Can they get a hold of you and reach out and say, we would like to have uh, an illusionist or magician for our corporate party? Can they reach out to you? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah no actually it's uh I've been getting so many like uh bookings and from all over around the world uh, they well they can go, of course go to my website fancorporatemagic.com or or get on my Instagram uh, Matthias, and uh, you know it's it's so fun that right now it's it's like I have shows that they are in uh, in Europe or in Asia, and they call me like from Japan or Hong Kong, and they're like, "Hey, Matthias, we won the show, but it's gonna be like a three in the morning your time." I'm like, "Hey, for me, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> uh, it's uh it's it's so fun that I don't care that I have to wake up like in the middle of the night and come to my studio and then do the show. Um, it's just like I think we are in a we have an opportunity to." Uh, to, like, there's a whole global world out there ready for for everybody. And and in that one, all that you need to do is be willing to open yourself to that and then it, it becomes something super successful. And of course, like, because I speak more than one language, I, I speak uh, uh, Spanish, English, uh, Portuguese, and I'm working on my French, that also opens other markets around the world. And I have people who are like, Oh, Matias, we have a show, but we have like the headquarters are in London, but we have people from the U.S., we have people in South America and people all over around Europe. Some of them speak Spanish, some of them Portuguese, and the majority of us uh, speak uh, English. Can you do a show in those languages? I'm like, yeah, of course. And then they are like so amazed that I can interact with people in the different backgrounds, different languages. And that wasn't possible in the past. And also right now, the, with the virtual world, you have like, um, there was this huge convention that they did. Uh, I, I was in, in Park City uh, last uh, week, and there was a convention that they were flying 700 people in the past. So you have like 700 people with 700 uh, airfares, 700 hotel rooms, 700, uh, dinner pa- package, 700 ski tickets. And they are like these companies that they are saving all that man, all, all that money on that because right now they can do it online, but then they are doing other things. They send everybody a box full of, uh, um, uh, like snacks, drinks, uh, different items that they can use during the convention. So then they are, everybody's finding creative ways of like having uh, or incorporating different elements to make this convention fun, engaging, entertaining, memorable, and then they put me into, into this convention and it's just crazy. Or, uh, and I mentioned this because last week I did a hybrid event where we did a, 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 a it was a motivational speech with 500 people live and 50,000, 50,000 people watching online. That is insane. Can you imagine like doing a, a conference with 50,000 people live that is, like in the same room that, that would have been impossible. But right now with the hybrid world, you can do that. You can have like a live audience and then you can reach like a global audience through the internet. And, and, and it's just unbelievable, like the reach that I've been getting during this time. Who would have thought, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like you said, when is the last time or prior to the situation we're in now, that any of us really has presented or been in front of 50,000 people. And I said, now we can all do this from the comfort of our own home or from our studio or something. But, yeah, you're right. And I would imagine that to be successful, going back to what we were talking about before, as far as connecting with the audience, it sounds like that you also have to be a little bit of a comedian, you have to have charm you have to have some comedic timing just to make things right to uh to make people enjoy everything is that part of um part of your success successes is that y- you're able to make light of situations and you you do seem like you you have some jokes and you're you're very entertaining and very um what do we want to say you are you are an open book to to magic people you draw people in so and I don't know if that's a part of the personality or if it's something that you work on as far as you know I need to plan some jokes I need to be a little bit funny or does it come natural to you
1: I think like the, the key here is to be honest and, and to be and I think naturality comes with being honest with yourself and and and, and by me by this I mean like like you are in, in front of a camera and everything that, that you are showcasing or, or streaming is what people see on the other side and they, they know if you are faking something or, or and, and I think my, my key has always been like supernatural and upfront and sometimes I will tell people a story like, hey, you know, uh, uh, like, uh, this whole show started as a joke and, and back in March and as I was telling you before. And then I tell them that I didn't think, I, like nobody thought that this was going to be a, a, a thing back in March 2020. And and then I I mentioned in, in the show I, I talk about my wife, like how she pushed me and uh, and to, to do like uh to do this virtual show. So then I tell some other stories about like uh, some of the tricks. And then uh, um or let me let me rephrase this. Like basically when, when I was doing my my full show, one of the things that I didn't want to do was a show about myself. I didn't want this to be like, come watch the amazing Matthias." (laughs) And uh, not that I'm against people who do that, but it's like, I think the, for me, the key was, first of all, not be afraid of the technology not be afraid of like having a mistake. Like some, sometimes I'm not, I am not. I was doing a show and then the connection, the one of the cameras shut down and then I have to switch to a second camera uh, and just like laugh about those. Uh, and and sometimes I will say things like, Hey, uh, oh, let's say Chuck. Yeah. Hey, how are you? And then I'm like, no sound and then the person is like trying to unmute themselves and then i will make the joke like well you know what in today's world the most important thing is not about your curriculum what you study what you do is if you know how to mute and unmute yourself and then people will laugh with that because it's like something that i'm relating to everybody we are, have all experienced the mute and unmute And, or, or things like that. So I think like when you recognize those things, uh, and you make them part of the show, people see that you are just being like completely honest. And I'm not, I'm not getting frustrated with someone who doesn't know how to unmute themselves or someone who keeps unmuting themselves. And then you hear like funny noise on the background. Um, and then the, the other thing that I was going to say is like, for me, the show wasn't about myself. Yeah, from the very beginning was about like connecting people like and connecting with one another and for me it's like sharing this moment bringing everybody uh together and those uh, and you take care of those you care you love and care about and and I keep thinking about this what I'm doing because the, sh- the whole show was like um, I have a saying in the show which is like even though we're practicing, uh, I don't like the term social distancing, so I came out with, even though we're practicing physical distance, we have to be socially connected. And then I'm like, you know, that is what I'm doing in my show. I'm making sure we are socially connected. And then I changed the, the name of the, sh- the show to social-e-connected. I'm playing with the e-connected or mm-hmm. the internet. And then it came like socially or socially connected. Uh, and then that's the 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 name of of my current show because that is exactly what i'm trying to do i'm not here to be like hey let me show you how cool i am look at all the tricks i'm doing it's more like hey let's let's uh let's let's prove that we are socially connected how do i know because like we in this world uh where we are practicing physical distance we have to take care of one another and then every single trick that i do in the show talks about that emotion of being like, of we need to be together in this world that is being apart, and um, and I think that that for me that came natural, and I, I I've always been honest with what the show is, what the show is not about, and while there are other performers who are all about showing their dexterity and their skills, I'm more like about like working on this connection and that has proved to be successful for me. Um, um, and I think that, that when uh, going, going back to, to your question, uh, it's all about like, like this, like show yourself the way that you want to be perceived and also care about those who are watching the show. For me, it's like the, the people who are watching the show is not just a number in my show, it's like a person. And and there's a really fun moment in the show. And I I wanna mention this because um, I love doing this part, which is at the very, very beginning, I have my screen right here where I can see almost everybody. And then I start calling them by name. So then I say like, oh look at that, we have Mary. Hey Mary, how are you? Oh, and we have we have like uh, Dylan, and Dylan is with his dog. Look at that dog, that's a cute dog. And then, but I'm being honest, I'm not making this uh, an, uh like pretending to connect with them. It's more like I'm just looking at what I'm seeing, and I see them interacting with me. I say like, oh look at that, we have Stefan uh a, a three R eight one seven. Oh, this guy is a Star Wars fan and then, and then i remember the first time that i said that you know how like uh when you have someone who logs in with either a phone or instead of their name they have like numbers mm-hmm. but it's either the phone or something the computer so i remember the first time that i saw that i it came up to me to say like oh we have a star wars fan like r2d2 or something like that and people start laughing and i'm like you know what that was a fun joke and then i started incorporating that in every single show just because it's funny I love Star Wars. <laughs> and then uh, there are many, I always find some Star Wars fan in the audience and they laugh when they see me that and then they use it as an inside joke between them. And, and And then there are so many things that, that when you start doing, like breaking this wall and then I see them and I interact with them, I see like uh, there are some animals or there are some kids in the audience and then I call on them. It's like people see like your human side. That you are not just uh, uh, a performer uh, doing the doing the the show for because you know that you are getting you are getting paid. It's more like they see like someone that is connecting with them on a level that nobody thought it was possible. And I think that that to be able to do that, you need to be like honest, humble, and natural.
0: A genuine. You need to be genuine, right? Yeah. The pandemic has caused a lot of us to work in many different ways ways that we have never been uh, used to doing things so which means virtually without an audience without anybody in front of us so i wanted to ask mateus if something was to change and if we were to go back to the normal what would he do well i'm going to kind of spoil it for you right now the answer he's going to give is something that i've heard from many people in different industries is that those who have found a way to adjust and do things virtually, have found great success. And they said that will be a part of their uh, day-to-day work life. So let's hear what Mateus has to say. Uh, Just a couple more things for me. Uh, Because we're in this situation right now with the pandemic, and you're able now to reach out to an audience that you may not have ever been able to reach because they're all around the world. What will happen if... Two months from now, it all goes back to what we have been used to prior to this. Will you continue doing virtual shows? um, Or are you going to say, okay, the virtual stuff is over? I'm going back to uh, hitting the road.
1: So I think uh, I I have thought about this. And my answer is like, I think virtual shows are going to stay for a a while. and it's going to be a mix of live shows and, and virtual shows. Actually, I just got word that the show that I used to do in New York, um, they, they closed down because of the pandemic and now they are, because everybody's getting the vaccine and they are uh, open up the businesses, it might come back. Uh, I don't know um, what's going to be, how that's going to look like because we had a show where basically you sit at a table with 12 people and and i'm very like like i will hug people or not touch their hands or i don't know how that's gonna be possible right now but um uh, but i i feel like there's gonna be a lot of people who will stay on the conservative side saying like you know what the the we are like transitioning from the pandemic to like uh openness but uh, there are still folks who have not get their vaccine. So we want to be respectful of them and mindful of them. So we're going to keep doing these virtual shows. Actually, I have like virtual shows booked for October, uh, this year. So October, 2021, and we are in March. So there are people who are still thinking that we're going to continue the virtual shows for a while. And for me, it's like, uh, I think it's going to be a challenge when I have like a live show and a virtual show on the same day, and I have to go set up somewhere and then be back here to do the show. Uh, But, but you know what, the same way as back in March, 2020, when we were opening to this new possibility, I think we need to open and be uh, creative and, and, and find ways of, of doing, in my case of doing both or, or just, be like hey you know what (laughs) maybe i shouldn't take like two three shows a day i just i should just focus on one or try to separate them but it's like we are in a world that changes constantly so being being flexible is a key
0: ah we need to learn to adapt with our ever-changing situation i just want to take this time to say thank you to all of you once again for listening and supporting this podcast channel open mic with chuck tuck now there is more to this podcast and it's all on video which will be released on my of course youtube channel but i have yet to really decide if i'm going to change the name to open mic with chuck tuck for the youtube channel but you could just google my name chuck tuck on youtube and you should find the channel now in the youtube video portion of this i like said it's said uh, there's a little bit more to it but he also shows us how to do uh, one of his famous magic tricks so you'll definitely want to catch that aside from that again thank you very much for all your support and please spread the word give a good rating give a great rating place comments If you want to call in to make a comment, you could call the hotline at 425-998-8251. Again, that's 425-998-8251. And that's the caller hotline. If you want to be a guest, leave a message there. Otherwise, stay tuned for more. And until next time, have a good day.